Welcome to the Not Your Mama's Autism podcast. I'm Lola Dada Ali. In our last episode, we spoke with Tal Anderson, an autistic woman who was one of the stars of the Netflix show Atypical, where we spoke about how she started in the field of acting and where she dreams her career could go moving forward. In this episode, we speak to one of her fellow castmates, Dominique Brown, a Black autistic actor who plays the character Jasper, to get his take on his chosen profession, what representation in film means to him, and how he plans to continue to take up space in a way that shifts minds towards greater inclusion in this space. Dominique Brown is an actor best known for his work on Atypical and the TV series 911. He graciously sit down with me recently to discuss his career and personal experiences through his eyes. So with that in mind, let's get started. So let's start at the beginning. I like to talk to my guests about their journey to where they are now. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Tell us about your childhood. Well, I was born in Inglewood, California, and I'm the baby of three other siblings. I dreamed of acting was really incredible. You know, my family has grown up from an amazing, huge musician of the name Martin Gaye. And, you know, my, my journey with that just, just came because... Now, when I was a little kid, I kept asking for instruments, you know, because when you're when you're a little kid, you always ask for tracks, you always ask for robots or dinosaurs, cars, all that stuff. I asked for instruments. I kept asking for guitars, microphones, uh, drums, you know, and I used to pretend that I was blowing kisses out to people when I was just a little kid. You know, up then I started participating in school stuff. You know, I participated in talent shows and, you know, school pageants. And it wasn't until the eighth grade that I realized that I wanted to be this huge entertainer. It was during a Black History Month event. Me and my friends were participating in it and we were rehearsing for it. You know, I just felt it out with this singing voice while we were singing, the change is going to come. Now, everybody was just saying, nice voice, Dominique, nice voice, you know. I mean, I think it, I, I'm very convinced that it was my classmates that at first discovered my ability to sing and act. So I decided to become a singer. I also wanted to act, so... My mother, she had, she works at the Santa Monica Playhouse in the uh, attorney's building. And she had signed me up to do theater classes, summer and winter theater classes for the teen workshop project. And yeah, I participated in two of those that they were called, Oops, Did I Did That Again? and Growing Up 101. And then I had joined 
a theater program called the Miracle Project, which today, which to this day is my seventh year with them. My acting journey has just gone really, really huge then because it led me to, because that led me to great projects. Like I got to be, I got to work with Dakota Fanning in this movie, Please Stand By. And that that brought me up to the show in typical. And I was on, and I also appeared in an episode of 911. The episode was called Hope Is Not Coming. And with Atypical, it's just been a great journey. You know, I'm, I was first just, just season two character, and they are they gonna call me back or what? You know, I and I got called back. And to this day, I'm getting response from many fans who I love that show. You dropped so many nuggets. So let's rewind a bit. You dropped the name Marvin Gaye. <laughs> so please, uh, let's go back. And so it seems like music, you connected with music at such a young age. It sounds like it was almost inherent. You said when other kids were playing with toys, you sought out music. How was that fostered in your family? It sounds like it was encouraged if you're related to one of the greatest musicians of all time. So talk to us about, about um, your family, about how it was fostered. Were you encouraged to keep pursuing music and the arts? It sounds like you were, but I just want to hear more about that. Yeah, I, you know, my, yeah, my, yeah, my uncle was really big then, you know, I, he was the, the great uncle to me and the uncle to my mother. And she's my grandmother, he's my grandmother's brother. I, I, I definitely believe that I got some trademarks from him. Yeah, my, my parents always told me to keep forward with my dreams, by, especially my father, rest in peace to him. You know, he always kept telling me that you, know, you got to put on this, this show. Everyone's coming to see you. You got to wow the audience. Make the girls cry. Tell us a little bit about the the Miracle Project. You said you were involved with it now for seven years. I did a bit of research about it. Did you come up through the Miracle Project or do you just help with them and act as an advisor? At first, you know, I was I was just a student with them. And I, I got to them through a bunch of friends of mine in school because they were some of them were had to partake in the miracle project. And I just said, you know, this sounds real cool. I think I should go out for it. And yeah, I at first um started out in the summer program with the teenage drama workshop. I wanted to fit in with them. And I did. I had wrote the song Dreamcatcher for my first show with them, which was called Join the Spectrum. And you know, I'm I'm somewhat part of the team because you know to this we've we've always kept I always helped to write songs for them. And yeah, they they you know they they had seen me as one of the leaders. So as of now, I'm just part of I'm I'm part of the staff team as where it seems to be. 
when were you first diagnosed with autism? So my diagnosis was age three, but I did not know about it until I, I started going into my preteens. Like, I didn't know, like, like in 12, 13, 14. So your parents, your parents told you? I kind of pieced it together saying, wait a minute, is this because they were saying like, because I was like saying, wait a minute. Am I in private school with autistic people? Am I autistic? I'm, I must be autistic. So, you know, I mean, it just came to me. I, I pieced all the pieces together. Once you knew you were autistic, did it help you better understand yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as soon as I realized, as soon as I started realizing it, I was, I mean, I was first confused at what autism was. Was I was I sick? Was I gonna die? Which I knew that I, what which now today I knew that I wasn't. Cause it's not a disease, it's a disability. And people people will thought you could die. People a lot of people think you could die with autism, which is something that they clearly don't know at all to these days. Started realizing you said around twelve, thirteen that you were that you were autistic, that you were different? What are the type of things that helped you see that you may be different from others that you remember? People with autism, they could sometimes feel shy. You know, I mean, I, I had sometimes felt shy. I uh, wasn't speaking much, wasn't really like a public speaker. And, you know, sometimes I'd just be in my room to myself wondering, like, what am I here for? Why, why am I doing this? Like, what, what, what is my purpose in life? Do you remember seeing other kids or, I guess, at your age, preteens, young teenagers that look like you? So other Black or teenagers of color? Yeah, I also saw kids that were white that had autism. How do you dev- define intersectionality? Have you heard of that term intersectionality? So the worlds which you live in being both black and autistic. Do you feel the weight of being both sometimes? I really don't think I do. I mean, no matter what, I'm always gonna be black and no matter what, I still have this autism. And I can't change that. God works in these ways that we don't know. Have you ever felt like you had to mask in order to fit in? Term mask sometimes gets used within the community. It means trying to act like how you think a neurotypical person should act. So maybe not stim as much when you're in public would be an example of masking. Have you ever felt that need to before? There have been times where I thought that I need to fit in with the crowd, like I had to you know, act a certain way in order to have friends. But as I I grew up, I just see that it's not really, really necessary to do so. It's just got to be me. Tell us about your very first acting experience. From what you can remember, can you walk us through how you felt? I was with people near, that were near, neutral, neurotypical people. Because like I said, I first started out in the 
Santa Monica Playhouse doing the teenage workshops. And, you know, they were all different for me because, you know, they weren't really, they weren't me. They weren't autistic like me. But, you know, as time went on, they were just like great friends. They, they, they came out to be great friends. I, I, I liked being around them. It was, you know, it was just fun doing this show with, you know, with our visions going around. What do you like most about acting? You know, I, I like being around people who enjoy that, that field, you know, and acting, camera, you know, and you also get to bring in memories. You're working with these people who you call a, a family. You know, you never want to let go of them. That's a good lead in into a typical what you're most famous for. Tell us a bit about your audition, how you got the role. You mentioned earlier that you were just supposed to come in for season two and then you got a call back. So feel free to talk to us about that journey. It sounds really interesting. But mainly, I, I have auditioned, but I also got recommended by all these organizations, you know, Spec Labs, and of course, Miracle Project. And Matt Asner, Ed Asner's son, he recommended me for the show. That was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna audition for Atypical. And I auditioned for Jasper, but they also had auditioned me for another role who was supposed to be named Adam which turned it into Amber since I, I, I simply got the role of Jasper. Are there any ways that Jasper, the character Jasper, is similar to real-life Dom? Jasper has a good sense of humor, as, as, as do I do, usually. And he, he's really good at helping Sam with his problems. And, you know, I, in real life, I... I try to help people with their problems as much as I can. When you knew you were going to be playing this role of Jasper, how did you go about preparing for it? I'm also part of another program called a Spectrum Laboratory, which is which why I meant which I mentioned. And you know, um, one of the tutors there, the actual one, of the actual co-founders, Jason Weisbro, he had coached me and helped me into getting onto Atypical. We got, he said, you got to act like a certain way. You got to act very positive to them. Uh, or you got to do this, you got to do that. No, he, he, he had it. And to this day, I, I always say that it was, if it weren't for Jason for coaching me, I wouldn't have gone out into As a Black autistic man, so through your eyes, how would you assess how autistic people and disabled people generally are currently portrayed in film and TV? There are a lot of disabled people out there getting jobs and roles, except autism. You know, people, people aren't seeing autism the way we are. You know, because everybody, everybody thinks that autism is such a bad thing, you know. They think we're weird people. They don't, you know, they don't look at us like Down syndrome people or blind or people that can't hear. They think we're weirdos. But you know, they they just they're just not understanding us, you know. 
they 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 need to just give us a chance. I, I like I like all the shows that are portraying people with autism, but you know, you should also give us a chance and let us show you that we could do that. That we could be just like that person. We could be like the code of thing, or we could be like like Sam, or we could be like Chris Christian Wolf of the accountant. So with what you just said, if you had the funding to create whatever TV series or film you wanted to, Dom, what project would it be and why? I see you have a Marvel shirt on, so maybe that that would be it. But what would be the type of project you would like to see out in the world? I mean, I would like to see one show that is comedy, one drama, one is a superhero show. So Atypical came to a close this year. Uh, the final, yeah, the final season streaming now on Netflix. As you look to the next steps in your career, what are your dreams for the future? You know, maybe one day I could, like, you know, be on my own show or like being being a being a being a movie. I, I I would like to play like a superhero or a musician, or maybe maybe a boxer. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'll give Sid and Jasper their own spinoff of Atypical. You know, I mean, whatever happens, the future, you know, it's going to be, it's going to happen. Anything, you know, anything is worth putting your mind to and and achieving. That's why I vote. I want to ask you a couple more Atypical questions that came to mind. I asked Tal this as well. What is your favorite episode that you're in? I think I like... uh, the season, uh, an episode of season three, it was episode seven. And um, there was a scene where Sam comes to this activity game night at the uh, at the Delton Center. He's upset. And Jasper and Sid, they're playing this game of Battleship. And Sid keeps, keeps, keeps on being Jasper. And, you know, at the same time, they were like, he tells his problems. They help him with his. And because Jasper gave Sam good advice, he was able to help Jasper at least beat Sid once. And Jasper just goes, ha, I suck at your battleship. What will you miss the most about the show? <sighs> you know, really going to miss working with these great people, you know, because we got to work with, you know, I, I, it was like really, really a great experience working with these people. And, you know, like I said, who knows what will happen in the future. It may, maybe we'll get to see them again. Maybe Jasper and Sid will get their own spinoff and see how my appearing. Yeah, that's, that would be, that would be quite the spinoff. Well, let's see, let's see, who knows? Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Dom, thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please share and subscribe. If you're interested in how this podcast came to be, check out our website at notyourmamasautism.com. Follow us on Instagram at notyourmamasautism.com. Or check out our origin story by listening to season one of this podcast on any major podcast platform. See you soon. 
Not Your Mom is Autism podcast is hosted and written by my mom, Lola Dada Ali, and it's also co-written and produced by me, Fella Ali. My dad, little sister Alero, and I are all occasional contributors. My dad, Tosin Ali, also helps produce sometimes. Big thanks to my aunt, Bolane Williams Ali, who did our graphic design. See you guys soon.